This is the voice of Carnage, and you are listening to Carnage Cast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 58 of Carnage Cast, the podcast about the Carnage Gaming Convention in Vermont and tabletop gaming in general. I'm Tyler, and with me today, uh, now as always, is Ray. Hi, Ray. How are you? I'm doing well, Tyler. How are you today? Pretty good. Good to see you again. It's been a while. It has been a while. It's been uh, over a month since the Carnage Convention in Killington. Fistful of Carnage was the first weekend in November, and we've been uh, recovering since then. Recovering is an apt word. Mm-hmm. Sort of uh, being less concerned about organizing stuff and just uh, taking care of real life and other interests. The whole, the whole uh, convention itself was in wind-down mode. And uh, we had to start a Christmas party the other week where we all got to get together and say hi after that month of recovery. Yes, yes. The, you know? uh, always nice that being able to see everybody in a non business-esque manner yes there, there's there's no business there's no agenda it's just well the agenda is the menu and right then, uh, <laughs> the agenda is eat food mm-hmm. <sighs> eat food and be merry and get to see actually like the uh, us as personal people which is different as opposed to like the field marshal exactly exactly mm-hmm. and it's nice that uh you know people are able to bring their significant others um and they get to share in something with it because they're not at all of our meetings, obviously. Right. You know, it's time they get to spend with us a little bit. So it's like, oh, right, you have a family. Right, right. Yeah, that's right. Hey, you have a family. Wow. <laughs> and, and now with the convention over and the month uh, and a month has gone by, we're sort of circling back to the podcast and ready to cycle up and make it a new thing again. So you can start expecting episodes on a biweekly basis as Ray and I uh, find stuff to talk about and circle back with folks from the convention. Yes. Uh, so today we're just going to do like an uh, uh, overall recap of what was, oh, how the weekend went and uh, what we got to do and see and things like that. So uh, Killington was gorgeous this year. It was. It was. It was gorgeous last year, but I don't know. There was something this year that just made it... We got that snow on Friday morning, I think, where it was just yeah. frost. It was, all the trees above a certain elevation were frosted, and it was. I just liked looking at my window and seeing that. Yeah, it's really nice being able to to see that. I mean, and pretty much anywhere you go up there, whether you're staying at the resort or you're staying at one of the local areas nearby, you're going to have a good view of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I wish I wish I could have seen uphill, but I got to look downhill, and that was nice too. Down right. across 100 the and the valley and all that. Um, and how was your Hilton? Uh, mine was great, thank <laughs> you very much. Uh, what Tyler is referring to is that most of the staff stayed off site this year, and uh, I was one of the few that ended up on site. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a nice view looking directly at the slopes uh, when I woke up in the morning, and mm-hmm. uh, it was very nice. Um, well, I'm glad you, you, I'm sure you took the time to appreciate it every morning. I did appreciate it every morning because I was up every morning. <laughs> yep. It was a, it was a busy convention because, you know, we were getting up early because there were a lot of people coming in. We had a record number of uh, attendees. We did have a record number of attendees. And I know uh, we were, we were, <clears throat> we weren't sure if we were going to hit that number this year going into the weekend. Uh, walk-ins definitely helped. Yeah. So we had a record number of folks show up. And uh, kept everybody busy all weekend. Yes, yes, definitely busy. Yeah, uh, you, I, I spent most of my weekend in the snow shed, so I, uh, I only got to visit the main hotel a couple times, but 
from what I saw, there was a, a very steady stream of people coming and going to play games all weekend, including Sunday morning, which I'm very proud of. Yes, Sunday morning was, there was a nice turnout Sunday morning, and mm -hmm. that's usually the hardest time for people to really want to get up and play. I mean, you're yep. trying to check out of your hotel, you've stayed up way too late on Saturday, and you're exhausted, and a lot of people just don't play first thing Sunday morning, but there was a very good turnout this year for yeah. that. Um, we, had a, we had a great list of games for people to play. We had a great number of them actually be played. And then in the Sunday afternoon, too, the RPG room kept busy, which, again, is, uh, I feel, an achievement and something I will, will hope we can build on for next year. Yes, definitely. Uh, card games, um, which is what I'm taking over next year, mm -hmm. did fairly well this year. Um, I would have liked to have seen some more numbers, but I'm not disappointed with the numbers that we had. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you can always want more, yep. I suppose. You can always want more. You had a good selection of games. Did have a good selection of games. Uh, I think LCGs had a nice, strong showing this year. Um, we had our Netrunner tournament, yep. which went off, and we also had a Doomtown tournament, which had a very good turnout for the length of time that the game has been available. Yeah, it's only been out three months? Yeah, three months I think at the time and it was uh, there was a very good turnout for that and I'm hoping to have it again next year. Mm -hmm. And we have uh, Ben Higgins to thank for that. He's a real AEG evangelist. Yes, he is uh, and, and Ben's great. He also runs our L5R tournament uh, which had another strong showing this year. Mm -hmm. We're happy to see that. Um, and other card game stuff, our Dominion tournament went off this year really well. Uh, one of our highest turnouts ever. Mm -hmm. uh, we were up two tables from last year, so that's eight additional players from last year. So we really like to see that. Roughly how many people were playing? Uh, we had seven tables times four, so that's 28. 28 people. We had 28 people playing in that tournament. Cool. Uh, the winner received a golden ticket for next year, so their convention... Uh, the entry into the convention is paid for next year. That is a good prize. Yes, it was a very good prize. So um, that went off really well. We're really, I was really happy with that. Um, everybody seemed to be having a good time there. That was on my half of Snowshed. Your mm -hmm. half was all busy, RPGs. Busy. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, our Saturday night was very busy. Uh, everything went off. Um, for the most part, uh, D&D 5th edition was like the rest of the weekend, just constant three tables. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that, but they, uh, Al Spader and his crew did an amazing job. While on Saturday night, I got to try a new board game, The Great Snowball Battle, which is a cute little card game about uh, kids who are in a snowball fight. And uh, the, the cute thing about it is that... It, you, uh, as you throw snowballs at each other, you're knocking off their hats and gloves, and then mom calls them inside. It's not that they get, they get killed or die from hypothermia. Mom calls them inside. That's, that's really cool. That's, uh... Now, is that game a game that would be good for kids to play as well? Is it fairly simple to learn? Yeah. Or is it... That's, it's, yeah, it's, it's uh, highly graphic, low language, so you, you don't, there's not a lot of reading involved. And um, it's just the, the it's the theme and the art and the uh, the emotional impact of it is all geared towards kids. That's that's really good. It's always nice to see games out there that kids can play um, that are geared towards kids that, that adults can enjoy as well. Yeah, because for adults it's that nostalgia. Like I remember right. when we used to be able to play outside and not get cold. Right, right. I remember those days. Yeah. So that was one game I got to try. I also got to play in uh, Robin Lee's Stepsons Are Cool Doctor Who game on Saturday afternoon. And that's the first RPG I've played at Carnage in some time. 
and that was fun. We were a bunch of hapless time agents who had not really brushed up on our ancient American history and landed in the Old West. <laughs> so there was, there was a lot of uh, cultural misunderstandings about how things work in the 19th century as gotcha. opposed to uh, modern egalitarian 51st century time agents. Nice. Mm -hmm. nice. And that was fun. Um, I ran an RPG this year as well. Uh, uh, Gaylord, um, who's one of the convention staff members, and I did a relatively unique setup. Uh, we both had our own tables at separate ends, and about halfway through the time slot, we actually combined our tables, um, and that was the whole point of it. Uh, my group was playing a group of outlaws that were robbing a bank and then on the run. And his group was the townsfolk that were trying to stop them. And where we ran into, <clears throat> we met up at a point where we ran into a Lovecraftian-esque tentacle monster. And everybody got to f fight that. And everybody but one person died. It actually worked out really well. One person made it all the way back to town without dying. That would be the deputy of the uh, people that were running from the, towns, the townsfolks. Um, all three of the bandits died, and then the, the sheriff and the local piano player as well died. Um, it was, but it was, it was a lot of fun. Everybody had a really good time. Uh, there were bandanas for people, and it was, it, was, it was really a fun time, and everybody had a really good time. And it's not something I would do every year at Carnage, just because people would start to catch on that we were doing that. Right, because going in, no one knew. No one knew, right? Going in, no one knew. We made sure we were at opposite ends, and you know, we played up things like, "Oh, there's a staff thing I got to go do," and you know, we'd get up, and both of us would get up and go do something. So that worked out well in that sense. We, uh, but it was a really good time, and it's you know one of those things that you can pull out on occasion to have a good time. But I know at least one of the players in my group uh, said they were going to try that with some of their. Uh, home games actually where they had like two separate campaigns going they were like maybe I'll just do like one time when everybody gets together and you know paths cross which sounded very interesting mm -hmm. that's hard work I'm, I'm so impressed that you guys pulled that off as neatly as you did yeah I'm impressed we pulled it off as neatly as we did too because <laughs> like there was no instant messaging or texting you just had confab now and again yeah and that was exactly it um, and you know there were obviously some discrepancies that happened between and you know the two groups afterwards when everything was finished talked about it what had happened and all that stuff and there was you know an extra day from one group you know while they were chasing after us they you know camped out overnight a couple times we only camped out overnight once type thing and uh, you know there were some minor discrepancies like that but when everybody got together and and everything it was and there was still the tension. Everybody didn't immediately work together to try to take down the big bad monster. They were like, no, you guys are still outlaws. You stole the money. And the outlaws were like, they're going to kill us. This thing's going to kill us. We're just trying to get out of here now. So it was a lot of fun. All the players played their parts really well. Um, there was a lot of humor to be had. And a couple first-time players even in the game. And they had a really good time. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, it's... That is actually like perfect Cthulhu where uh, it's become abundantly clear that the morals and laws of human society don't matter at all, but still the humans are clinging to it. No, we have to obey the law. Exactly, exactly. So it worked out really well. And like I said, you know, not something I would do every year, but I'm really glad that it went off so well this year. Mm -hmm. 
I like that we have these sort of special one-off events where they don't be, we don't you know keep repeating them, but it's like you or Gaylord or somebody come up with an idea for that year and you execute and they're like, what are we gonna how not how can we do it again better next year? What are we gonna do different next year? Yeah, yeah. Like Gaylord has his uh, his long fabled good versus evil game that I hope someday actually comes to fruition. I really hope that comes to fruition at some point in time too. Next year. Next year. Whenever we figure out what the theme will be. That's right. Um, uh, so that, yes, that, it, it was fun watching that happen, even from afar, just see, seeing, like, you and Gaylord slipping away for uh, a pseudo-cigarette or something. Right. So elsewhere in the RPGs, uh, Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition turned out to be a huge freaking hit. I don't, I mean, I'm a little surprised, in all honesty, because I thought people were done with Dungeons & Dragons. I did, too. After watching how bad the living fourth edition went and the whole you know living world thing with fourth edition went. just fourth edition in general people <clears throat> fourth edition in general you're exactly right honestly with how poorly received fourth edition in general was i was really surprised to see how well fifth edition was doing or just the willingness of people to experiment with it right and on top of that what was really nice is that it didn't pull from pathfinder which is our other very large group right. Um, Pathfinder was running multiple tables all weekend long. They had their normal really great turnout. Yep. And they didn't suffer from the fact that 5th edition was there, which is great. There was a little crossover. Like, I, there's one individual I know of who was a diehard 3.5 living Greyhawk player. And then he did Pathfinder because he didn't care for 4th edition. And then he tried a session of 5th edition this year and then played... I. I, I can't say for sure he played nothing but 5th edition, but every time I saw him, he was going back to the 5th edition table. Oh, wow. And cackling on the way about what his ranger could do. So he's a fan. So he's a fan. And, you know, and that's great. But, like, you know, the overall numbers didn't diminish. No, it's just... no. It's like we, we saw the Pathfinder faces. Like, John Curtin came up. John <laughs> Trombley was the, uh, you know, leading, leading the, the, the charge. <laughs> he was point man. And then John Curtin came up and all those folks. And that was great. And they did their thing, but and, and then we had uh, the crew from Jetpack Comics come in for the first time, I believe, yes. to run 5th edition, and they did a great job. They ran three tables every slot. They were running lunch and dinner slots. Yeah, they were running one of the... I was talking to one... They only had three GMs, which was their big thing. That they were talking to me about it, and they wanted to see if they can get more GMs for next year for sure. it, just because, because one of their guys was talking to me, and he's like, I ran on... He goes, on Saturday... I ran from the early morning slot straight through dinner and into the evening slot. He's like, I barely had time to run away to go grab something to eat. And mm -hmm. I basically just ate at the table because I was running slots because we wanted to make sure everybody who wanted to play could play. Yep. They did nice work. They did really nice work, yes. And great feedback from everybody who played. I, I, I mean, I only heard... From, what I heard from people was only in praise of the, the Jetpack GMs and in praise of... of fifth edition yes yes i did not hear anybody coming out of it with negative impressions of fifth edition at all so mm. so it sounds like uh, that's kind of a win in terms of anybody who wants to be playing under the D, &D banner again yes and it seems like uh wizards of the coast has really the the support they're putting out for it is much better organized than it was for fourth edition on top of that uh and then also golden goblin press was there oscar rios brought uh two gms up with him and they ran a lot of call of cthulhu in the traditional uh sixth edition vein and then we had the new edition of cthulhu with andre krupa yes 
Uh, he was running his full his full theatrical immersion experience, and he did uh, his, the seventh edition of Call of Cthulhu, and his uh, the RPG he's writing, Lucid Dreams. Yes. And did you 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 got to try Lucid Dreams? I, I did get to try Lucid Dreams Thursday night. Um, it. If anything, it taught me that I never want to make my own RPG system because I saw the amount of work that he had to put into it. Um, and he's done a great job with it, honestly. It's a really great system. I really enjoyed it. But uh, yeah, it definitely turned me off from ever wanting to make my own again. That's a ton of work that he's put mm -hmm. into that. And uh, he definitely should be commended for what he's done with that. And he, even he admits there's still points, he, there's still rough points that he's got to smooth out. Um, but. You know, so it was kind of there was a bit of play testing involved in as well. Yeah, he's so. still he's still developing. It's not a finished yeah, product. Yeah, it's not it's not a finished product. But I mean, the, the amount of work he's already put in and the amount of work he was talking about putting in from there was definitely a, a lot more work than I ever want to put in on something like that. I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then also attached to role playing, we had uh, Miss Phoebe return for a steampunk LARP. Yes, and I, I saw some of the costumes for that. They Very were impressive. Amazing. Um, I'm, I'm upset I didn't actually get a chance to go over and, and look at everybody while they were doing stuff. I just kind of saw them as they wandered by. But mm -hmm. there were some definitely very impressive steampunk costumes. Uh, one young man I know had a whole bionic arm. Yeah, I saw that. That was great. It was amazing. I don't yeah. know how he built that. I have no idea either. Um, and there was just, I, there's been some pictures up on the website. Um, I've noticed that, that of various people in various outfits, but it was definitely um, mm -hmm. very what... impressive. It's one, one of the great things about the steampunk genre is just uh, the visual impression that it makes because everybody, it really attracts people who like to build a costume and design a look and be yeah. it's just very distinctive amongst all the hoodies and uh, slogan t-shirts you'll see at a convention. Yes, an abundance of slogan t-shirts. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then Saturday night we had the pub quiz sponsored by Gygax Magazine. Yes. <laughs> or, well, th this year we had a hosting switch out for, uh, there, there were some personal issues, so we had a hosting switch out, and Tom Dorman, convention staffer, uh, stepped into the breach to host Pub Quiz, and it, I'm, I, I don't think Tom would argue in saying it became Pub Calvin Ball. Yeah, no, it was, it was definitely much more Pub Calvin Ball, mm -hmm. um, which, is, which is strange, because uh, we had talked about this in, in previous podcasts, how I had never actually made it to the Pub Quiz. And this was the first year I did, and of course I wander into Pub Calvin Ball. Mm -hmm. um, but it was, uh, I had fun nonetheless. Mm -hmm. Just to give everybody an idea of what Pub Calvin Ball involves, <laughs> sometimes you're answering a question, uh, sometimes you're fighting for recognition to answer the question, uh, other times he may choose a team, Tom may choose a team at random to answer the question, <laughs> sometimes if somebody gets it wrong, you may steal, sometimes someone is designated to steal. Other times, no one may steal, and merely asking causes you to lose points. Yes. And it was, sometimes you'd ask, one question would be asked, they wouldn't get it right, there'd be opportunity to steal, there'd be another question that would be asked to be able to steal, and then you weren't allowed to put your hand up until a certain point in time, mm -hmm. and there were, you know, and Tom was dancing with the microphone, and... Yeah, t Tom thought he was a lounge act, and he, yes. he has not learned how to use the microphone yet. Fortunately, Rod was there to sort of be a lend a guiding hand. Yeah, I think after a while, though, it was just kind of like, all right, I'm just going to keep this from completely derailing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> My favorite part, I think, of the quiz, though, was Chris Pierce, uh, the Iron GM from Maine. Yes. His team, and Chris was really getting to the whole wrestlers confronting each other before a, a bout thing. Yes, he, he was definitely doing the whole uh, professional wrestling um, 
spot ad things. Gonna bring it, brother. Yeah, bring it, brother, and stuff. It was he was very intense and very funny. It was it was quite enjoyable to watch that, especially after my team got eliminated and I could just sit back and watch right. that. Oh right, because you were on. I wasn't team. on yeah. your team. Yeah. You were not on my team. You were on that other team. I was on the that one that we team. eliminated. The one that you eliminated, yes, solely because I was on it. No, I eliminated it because Grace was on that's it. That's right. You eliminated it because Grace was on it. That's right. You were an unfortunate bystander. I was an unfortunate bystander. But you know what? It was all right. I had a good time. Um, you know, I think we made it down to the final four or something like that. Mm -hmm. so. Four out of eight teams, right? Yeah, four out of eight yep. teams, I think it was. And then Chris Pierce's team took it in the end. I don't think it was really his team. It's just he's the individual. I know who was on the team. Yes, yes. They were just a team of three mm -hmm. compared to your team of like 80. Right, yeah. We, <laughs> we, we, we use the crowdsourcing model. <laughs> the more people like... in the team, the more likely we are to know the answers. <laughs> you were just like, people were walking by the bar. Hey, you want to join our team? <laughs> you, team, now, let's go. Do you know anything about anything? No? All right, you're well, on our also, team. Also, <laughs> I, I would like to point out that that meant that any time half the table left to get a drink, we still had a full trivia team. This is true. You did. Um, a full trivia team plus. Mm -hmm. uh, and amazingly, the next day, Chris still had a voice after yeah. all his uh, wrestling impersonations. Yeah. It's, you know, some people can do that. Mm -hmm. He ran Transformers Sunday afternoon and... Uh, is he very excited to do it again, I believe? I, I believe so as well. Um, a friend of mine was in that game and really enjoyed it. Uh, and is actually hoping to sign up for it next year. So, mm -hmm. if it gets run again. We are very excited to have him back. Yeah. And, come, you know, looking back at what we thought about last year, we came up with some new things to try out. Like, you and I went and scrounged up couches and chairs yes. for a little lounge area in the snow shed. Yes. It made it a little more community-focused, uh, because it used to be just like, you're either doing something or you're standing in a hallway. Right. So we wanted to build, like, a little more social area. And I, I, I think we succeeded at that. I saw a lot of people using it. I wanted yep. to use it a little bit more, but one of those couches was so comfortable, I don't think I ever would have gotten out of it if I sat back down. No, I believe it. you had to be dragged at one point. I remember dragging. Yeah. Yeah, I had to be dragged out of it at one point in time, and it was an insanely comfortable couch. Mm -hmm. And that was uh, one of the resort guys' secret couch, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like it was, it was hidden in the back room, and they let us borrow it. Yeah, they let us borrow it, which was really nice of them for that. Yeah, I, I think that's something we're going to keep working towards next year is continuing to build the, so, the, the ability to be more social in the snowshed because yes. we're sort of we're kind of an outpost of our own, and I guess we're just going to have to own that. Yeah. Unless everybody gets ski dues. I don't That's think I, I don't think everybody should get ski dues. <laughs> I think next year we should have carnage ski dues. You know, you come, you pay a couple thousand dollars extra to get your carnage ski dues. Mm -hmm. You can take it home at the end of the weekend mm -hmm. and ride your own trailer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't see how this could be anything but a winning proposition. <laughs> I don't either. A little carnage logo on it. Mm -hmm. Snowboarding death on the front, that'll be fine. Yeah, that's right. Um, but... Yeah, it's, we're just going to keep working on improving that. Like this yeah. year, we were all on the same floor, so everybody was on a level. Um, a Pathfinder got a very nice self-contained area in the snowshed. Yes. Uh, card games. I, I liked that Like Dominion came over to the card game area. Out of the board game area, yeah, it was in the card game area. And I really like the fact that we're definitely pushing, because a lot of people associate LCGs with board games and i like the fact that we're actually pushing them into the card game realm so it's not just magic and l5r yeah it's a weird association it's like l5r and magic are card games and yet and netrunner and doomtown aren't because why right exactly because they're not 
I think it's honestly the difference between the, the CCG aspect, the collectible card game aspect, and the money you spend on it. I think yeah. is basically but the difference. I guess, but I feel like it's more about the way the game plays. And well, and that's how I feel it should be as yeah. far as how we segmented at the thing. Like they, they're all about deck building. They all have yeah. that sort of hyper-legalistic, well, that's the way the card's written. Yeah, thinking. exactly. Um, oh, and speaking of magic, uh, 802 Magic was there. Yes, MTG. 802 MTG was there. They were running casual and... Uh, they ran a couple tournaments. Yep. Um, it was great to see Matt and Mallory. Mallory uh, yes. from the Fletcher Free Library came down with Matt. I think that was her... I mean, not her first convention. It might have been her first Vermont gaming convention. It might have been her... Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and it was really great to see them. And they had a nice setup and an area where they you know, ran out of every day. Um, and they were in the same place. So that was really nice mm -hmm. for that. Um, and hoping to, I'm going to be working with Matt and working on expanding what we had this year for next year. So. Excellent. So uh, do you have any closing thoughts about A Fistful of Carnage, Ray? Um, I think the theme was excellent. I, I really enjoyed the Western theme. I think a lot of other people did as well. Um, it was a great convention. I'm really looking forward to next year's convention at this point in time. Mm -hmm. uh, I know it's, you know... We haven't locked in a date yet, but it's... We haven't locked in a date yet, but it's... It's, uh, on the, it's to be D, to be D. Yeah, to be D, and it's, uh, you know, one of those things that there's still going to be, you know, a fair amount of time before it clicks in, but uh, I'm looking forward to being able to add my input and really take over the card games this year and... Mm -hmm. And do all of that, and I'm looking forward to a year of uh, podcasting with you. So, oh, I'm yeah. looking forward to it as well. We'll have to find something to talk about. Yeah. Um. I I I felt the year was pretty successful. I'm happy with it. Like I, I mentioned earlier, we role playing games in particular made some particular achievements for Sunday and like variety of games and the the resurrection of Dungeons and Dragons is positive as well. So that was all really good, and I'm happy with that. And we still had a lot of good offbeat stuff too, like Robin's Stetsons Are Cool was our only Doctor Who session. Dan Williams ran uh, Never Cry Crawdad. Yep. And, which did run, and everybody who didn't play missed out, so you should feel bad and <laughs> ask Dan to run it again in the future. Uh, and I'm just feeling pretty positive about where Carnage is going, that we learned a lot. You know, it's our second year. We thought we had everything. We, we found new stuff that we need to take care of for next year. So third year will be even better, et cetera, and so forth. And there will be coffee in the snow shed. Yes. <laughs> um, so, everybody, uh, thanks for uh, sticking with us on the podcast. We're going to be going forward. Subscribe in iTunes if you haven't already or add us to your favorite podcatcher. You should go to CarnageCon.com and then you will find the podcast there under slash CarnageCast. You can follow us on Twitter at, at CarnageCon. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash CarnageCon. You should not follow us on Pinterest because we do not have a Pinterest account. Aw. And we never will, unless Nissa wants to run it. Um, <laughs> uh, you can email us, podcast at CarnageCon.com. We want your electronic mail because we would like to read it back uh, on the air and in the mailbag segment. So please email us, send us comments and questions, and we will get up soon have a phone number set up where you can leave voicemails as well. Uh, in the meantime, thanks for listening. Thank you, Ray. Thank you, Tyler. And we will catch you next time on CourageCast. You've been listening to CarnageCast, a production of NNEG LLC. All rights reserved. 
For more information, visit us at www.carnagecon.com. <laughs>